What is going on, guys, gals, and non-binary pals? Welcome to another episode of the Making Fun Podcast. I am your dashing host, Raven Stadmiller, and alongside me is a man who has a plan. He sits down in a chair, he goes to school, and he watches movies and movie theaters. One, Mr. Casey Johnson. Casey, how's it going? I do watch some movies. I do watch Some them. movies, yep. in movie theaters, even. Because mm-hmm. that's a thing that we're allowed to do now in yeah. this world. Yeah, sometimes I watch shows on TV. Just oh, yeah? depends on if I'm feeling silly, you know? Feeling like a little bit of a goof, yeah, you know? Yeah, you know, just... Feeling a little bit uh, naughty. Thing, yeah. just watch a, I'm going to watch some, uh, some Ace Ventura. Mm. A little naughty, you know? Ooh, I don't know why Ace Ventura was the <laughs> movie that came to mind, but it was. Ah, man. What's been going on? Have you, have you done anything except watch movies and feel naughty? Uh, I mean... <laughs> Well, uh, so, I mean, ton of music, obviously, mm-hmm. and a, uh, a ton, just a ton of video games, believe it or not, um, yes. which I'm shocked. brings me to our plan for next week. Um, mm-hmm. you see, we have, we've had a couple of weeks off here and there. We have, um had games that we weren't ready to talk about that we were playing. We have had evergreen episodes where we didn't talk just like this one about the games that we're playing. And we had a game, uh, we had a show last week where we, uh, talked about the Nintendo direct that took place, which was significant. And so next week we are going to be running down all of the games that we've been playing and what we think about them and etc. I know I've played like it. L- I think I think I've played somewhere in the realm of five to six new games so far. Oh wow! Um, and I've spent a pretty significant amount of time with each of them, and mm-hmm. I know I will have at least one or two more before next uh, before next week. So yeah. it's gonna gonna be hefty. Most of the games that I've been playing have been games that I haven't that I've played before. Um, just because I'm trying to save money currently. Um, a new game does come out tomorrow that might make me break that rule. I'm trying really hard not to succumb to peer pressure uh, and pressure from outside forces of wanting me to play, of wanting to play this game. Mm, yeah, uh, internal forces, I guess. I'm doing that. So, yeah, I mean, I have a couple of games that I've been playing that I've played before, but it's nice to like have a new mindset as I go into it. Yeah. Um, so, looking forward, definitely talking much more about that next week. But for this week. In case you missed the episode um, two, three weeks ago, God, time is an enigma. Um, I, Casey interviewed little old me mm. about my top five favorite games. I did. Uh, notably, these weren't the games that I considered the top five best games of all time. Yep. I think there's a pretty distinct clarification. There should be a distinct clarification between the two. Uh, Best games are games that I think have an impact on society as a whole, whereas my favorite games are games that were more impactful to just mostly me. Um, and so Casey's taking what kind of what I did, doing the same idea, and he's going to tell us all the games that he thinks are his favorites. Mm-hmm. 
um, this is where I awkwardly segue into telling you to follow us on social media. Um, so you don't miss out on any of the episodes that we put up because we want to make sure that you see next week's um, video game breakdown that we've been doing. And wow, that was a really awful segue. All right. So for me, I did a couple of honorable mentions before I got started with my top five favorite games. Mm -hmm. Casey, do you have any honorable mentions to share with us? More than you, sir. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think I had like seven. Yeah, somewhere in there. Um, So the... My honorable mentions serve more as a little bit of a preface to... Some some of them are prefaces to what is not going to be in this list. And some of them are just things that I need to give shout-outs to because they meant a lot to me. Mm-hmm. So, uh, my first honorable mention that did not make my top five is Assassin's Creed 2. Oh. Um... Assassin's Creed 2, to me, is the best Assassin's Creed of the series. Mm -hmm. That being said, I do like one more of the series better. And all of these games that are above it in the top five, I do like better. Yep. Definitely Assassin's Creed 2 is the best in the series. Yeah, one of the greatest games ever made, period. Right, right, period. Um, But it's, like, not the favorites. So I I totally get where you're coming from. And I I will have, and Raven and I have done an entire comprehensive list of the Assassin's Creed games in our order where we get Mm -hmm. into why another one of ours was the the favorite. But I'll I'll retread that water here in just a little bit. (laughs) Um, I want to give a huge shout out and this is going to be the one that's controversial for me because people are not going to be expecting this move Raven okay I want to give a shout out however to honorable mentions I just want to shout out wrestling games just all of them all yeah not well not all of them there are some stinkers in there obviously but there are no wrestling games on my list at all. Mm-hmm. The The reason for that is because it is very difficult with serialized titles like that to pick out the the best for you. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I you know there's. It's it comes down to oh you like the story better in this one you like the gameplay a little bit better in this one oh but they added this next year and but then the year after that was kind of a clone of this so you can't really say it's all that much better yeah the WWE SmackDown slash SmackDown versus Raw series of games I have spent more time in cumulatively than any other game series ever I lived in these games for a very long time. But mm-hmm. differentiating SmackDown versus Raw 2010 that introduced this from SmackDown Here Comes the Pain from 2004, to me, they get their own little spot and it's on my honorable mentions. I, I would also <laughs> like to give a shout out to NBA Live and NBA 2K circa like 2004, 5, and 6. This is really when I was getting into gaming 
And those years especially were huge for me and for sports games. After that, I kind of got into wrestling. So by the time that 2007 rolled around, I wasn't as much into them. But those games specifically, I mean, I can go in the slam dunk contest of this day and do all of the dunks that I know Mm -hmm. are going to get me 50s or whatever. Those games are just in my blood. Mm-hmm. On the topic of sports games, I want to give a shout out to NCAA Football 14. I believe that's the best football game that's ever been made. Um, mm-hmm. And it also happens to have been the last really good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've talked about that on the show previously. I have a copy of this game. This game is now worth upwards of $100, mm-hmm. which is unheard of for sports games. Oh, yeah. So the best, best ones always attract that that price point too. Yeah, so it's a collector's item at that point. I want to give a shout out to three open world story games that are very special to me, but just missed out. Now we're getting into like top ten territory, where if I had a few more spots, these would be it. Right, right. This is like where I had um, Horizon Zero Dawn yeah. personally. Yeah, yeah. So just cause three. Yeah. Just Cause 3 is far from a perfect game, but it stands to this very day as by far, and it's not even close, the most fun I have ever had playing a video game. It's chaos, it's wild, you're blowing stuff up, and it the story is almost a backdrop, which is one of the reasons it doesn't land itself in the top five. The story is just kind of there yeah um but really what makes it is going around the world blowing up all of the stuff clearing out all of these camps causing chaos seeing what you can do blowing up bridges and that much it's like all of the good parts of grand theft auto multiplied by 10 like just causes there to be at a sandbox that you just mess around in and just have a great time yeah um, I want to give a shout out, a hefty, hefty shout out to Ratchet and Clank 2021 Rift okay. Apart. Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart is one of the greatest games that's ever been made. It wow. for a game to be this high on, I like shy away from recency bias. I'm the opposite of recency bias. If something is closer, it's actually less likely that it's going to appear in one of these lists for me. Because mm-hmm. I really don't like to be a prisoner of the moment because a lot of people do that. But mm-hmm. Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart is one of the greatest gaming experiences I've ever had. It's one of those games that it's hard to poke holes in, period. It's just near perfect in every conceivable way the all of the collectibles mean something on top of that the um the platinum is cuz i hate platinums that are difficult to get like mm-hmm. but platinuming this game is like very Attainable, and that's why that I put the extra time in to do it. It the only other game that I've ever platinumed is Rocket League, and this game is just absolutely amazing. 
and it confronts things like um, mental health in surprising and awesome ways, and it really is like playing a Pixar movie. Mm-hmm. And Watch Dogs 2, I would like to give a shout-out to. Watch Dogs 2 fixed everything that was wrong with the first Watch Dogs. It was a fun, vibrant environment. It was kind of like a GTA light with its environment. And it had this punkness to it that when you played the game, you found yourself caught up in the world. And you also found yourself actually wanting to help these people because you believed in their cause. Mm-hmm. Um, and the gameplay was awesome and the traversal and everything about that game was awesome. It's off my top five because there were a couple of times that I were playing it. This is no fault of the game, really, but there were a couple of times that I was playing it that I fell off. Like one time I was attempting to finish it and Spider-Man PS4 came out and then it it was just this whole thing. And Mm -hmm. so I think for a game to have been in my top five, it has to be something that put its hooks in me and wouldn't let go. Mm Mm-hmm. So for that reason, it's out of my top five. I have one last honorable mention. Okay. And this one, you you had one that may as well have been your number six, right? Yeah. And this is that to me. But the reason that it didn't flip-flop with one of the games in my top five, I was thinking about putting it either at five or four, is because I can't justify putting a game in my top five that I haven't in some way completed. So, at number six is Minecraft. Ah. Um, The memories that I have in Minecraft, the memories that I'm still making in Minecraft, what Minecraft has meant to gaming and the things that you can do in Minecraft are absolutely unmatched. Mm. Uh, it is a game that is exactly one at a time, one of a kind. And I think every element that Minecraft has, there are other games that do one specific element of that better. But as far as the total package, there is nothing quite like it but I've never gotten into the end game stuff and Mm -hmm. I always kind of it's a game that is always there we've talked about this it's always there but you take shifts with it yep and as a result to me it just doesn't crack the top five because of that Mm -hmm. and those are my honorable mentions Raven any questions hmm not particularly. I mean, you were very concise in everything that you had to say. Um, everything made sense. Uh, are there any other... I know that we kind of have lists that we have off to the side. Are there any games that you've kind of added to this in the past couple of weeks? We Last time that we did it, I had added Fire Emblem Path of Radiance, like, mm. kind of as I was talking as an honorable mention. Is there an honorable mention that came to you, like, immediately, or one that you kind of had to... You mentioned you had a toil over Minecraft. Yeah. Are there any other that came to you over time? Well, I added Watch Dogs 2 and Just Cause 3, and Minecraft. 
in in the last couple of weeks. Okay. So the, those last three that I mentioned there were uh, I added in the last couple of weeks. Just, I mean, Just Cause 3, honestly, I added it today. Yeah. Because I just wanted to give it a quick shout out. But, yeah, Watch Dogs 2 was originally going to be somewhere in my top five. And then I actually added Minecraft during the middle of our recording a couple weeks ago. <laughs> and I <laughs> While was, I was like, talking about games, you're like, oh, that's a good game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and, you know, it's so weird because there legitimately are games that come to you that you're like, man, this has been a seminal game in my life. Does it deserve a spot here? Mm-hmm. Like, a couple of days ago, I was like, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe? question mark mm-hmm. like ooh yeah. i played a ton of that game nah no it's is i mean it's probably top 15 worthy but like yeah if we were going to give honorable mentions all the way down to like top 15 top 20 top 25 we'd be here all day yeah. you know <laughs> at that to, point what's getting point? it down to as many honorable mentions as i did took a lot of willpower and even then i was adding some right up to the end yeah because um, there are so many games and they've been around for so long and all of them mm-hmm. mean something different to you yep exactly. so uh, we'll never do every game ever that we've played that meant a lot to us justice oh, but god yeah with that being said there are five games that meant a lot to us meant more to us than any other game yes mm. uh Casey, what is your number five favorite video game of all time? So I I mentioned earlier with like the NBA lives and 2Ks and WWEs that with those serialized titles, it is very difficult in a game that comes out every year to pick out one that was stellar. And um, I believe I even said the line. If I didn't, I was going to and then forgot. For... (laughs) one of those to truly stand out as the best, it has to be one of the greatest games ever made. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, Madden 20, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but um, in all seriousness, NBA 2K11. Okay. Now, NBA 2K11 was a seminal game for a lot of different reasons. Number one, first and foremost, is right there on the cover. Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan has been very stingy with licensing himself out for video games. Essentially, if he wasn't in the title, then he wasn't going to be part of the roster. Like, there was a um, video game called, like, Michael Jordan and Larry Bird. Um, And there were a couple of other games that he was in, but when it came to the NBA Lives, the NBA 2Ks, they weren't allowed to use him. Um, uh, notably, things like NBA Jam, one of the classic, classic games. Um, he was not in. Uh, the NBA Lives, he he was not in. 
really. He he was in some of the NBA street stuff, but man, he to the point where they just had like a this like random white blonde guy who was just like Bill Stevens, who was mm-hmm. on the um the Bulls who walked like Jordan played like Jordan best player in the game. He doesn't exist in real life. It was just a reskinned Michael Jordan because they couldn't use <laughs> Michael Jordan. So in 2010 for NBA 2K11, he um he finally licensed himself out. And he's in 2K games till this day. And he it started something that still continues to this day, which is playing as classic teams with classic presentation. You can play the, the Bulls-Celtics matchup from the late 80s, and there's like a little bit of grain over the screen, and it looks like a CRT. Mm-hmm. And it had a challenge mode where you can play classic games as like Michael Jordan and like recreate his classic performances. So that that was one thing. Then it also introduced the um the my career experience. The year before that there was like quote unquote the combine where you like played through a like a, a hopeful and you had to like play for a draft spot, but then after the draft, it just kind of quit. This was the first year that they had a fully realized career mode, which, in my opinion, they made a must for any sports game. And it's one of the ways in which Madden is still lacking. And spoiler I don't alert: know what you're talking for... about heart diseases of great. <laughs> yeah. Like. Spoiler alert for Matt uh, for NBA Two K Twenty Two. Um, it's the best that it's ever been this year. Oh, wow. But this year was a crucial year because this year was the one year in my career that they didn't have any microtransactions. All of the skill points that you use to upgrade your player were legitimately earned. So you couldn't pay to upgrade using VC. It was just skill points. And that's this year, sorry? You said 22, or is this already back? No, 2K11, 2K11. Sorry, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this was, so it was a beautiful in-between period of you have the career, but you have to earn it, and it was strictly based on on on-court play. There was no, like, my dad died. Like, there, (laughs) there, there was none of that. It was just, hey, be really good. And then after you um, got done doing all the Jordan challenges, you could unlock Michael Jordan um, be like be a legend mode, I think is what it was called, where it was like my career, except you were Jordan. You were you place a rookie Jordan into like today's NBA. So that was like really cool Mm because you can rewrite history there and all that. The, the rosters on the game were fantastic. 2K11 was a really interesting year 
where the LeBron James of the world were just ramping up to being the best in the world. But that older guard, like the Vince Carters and Kobe Bryant's of the world were still really good. And I'm, I play as some of these teams on this game and I'm like, man, this was such a special time. Mm -hmm. And to top it all off, have you ever watched Parks and Rec, my friend? Yes, I have. Do you remember the burger cook-off? <laughs> yeah. Where Chris Traeger and Ron Swanson are having a cook-off because Chris yeah. Traeger wants to move the entirety of the Parks Department over to, like, healthier options. And yeah. so he makes this turkey burger that, in the words of Aziz Ansari, tastes like he assumes Beyonce smells and it's got this papaya chutney and, you know, this little toasty cheese crisp and all of this stuff. And they're like, this is amazing. And then Ron just makes a plain hamburger and gives them the option to put ketchup on it if they want. But, like, this is a burger made of meat. Eat it. And Chris is like, man, I, I, I was really hoping that this would be a healthy competition. And everybody takes one bite of Ron's burger and they're like, oh, God, this is better. Yeah. And that's the way that I feel about this game. Where like there have been so many incremental upgrades and improvements to NBA 2K since it came to the new gen consoles in 2013 and 14. And overall, you go back to NBA 2K11, you're like, oh, God, this is so much better. It, it just feels so much more fluid. The on-court gameplay is the best that it ever was. And for me, it's one of the top five games of all time. That's great to hear. A lot of games, as they kind of continue building, right, they have to keep most of what they had in the past game that was successful, but then also they have to continue building on top of it. And so you get a lot of things that are like half done and half baked and then kind of relying on that core that was mm. built previously. Yeah. And you get uh, these horror stories too of a team like Madden who Madden games were excellent in the early to mid 2000s and then getting ready for Madden 06 they had this game that they were building and they were getting just ridiculous reports of what the PS3 and Xbox 360 would be able to do. And when they finally got a dev kit, it broke the dev kit. Like, they couldn't yeah. load it up on the dev kit. And as a result, them moving to the next platform actually set them back. Now, that didn't necessarily happen with NBA 2K and the PS4, but it certainly there was a little bit of something lost over the years, for sure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> well, I was never expecting to be so interested in just how... Um, a 2K game kind of revolutionized and was like the pioneer, you know. 2K11 only was like you what 10, 11 years ago at yeah. this point. Yeah. But is if it's definitely it definitely sounds like it might be one of the best ones for a while. It, so it it for sure is. It's widely regarded as the best 2K game, and it's it's you know because with these again these serialized titles, you have to be able to say this is what they added that made it better. And this is what they took away the next year that made it worse. Mm -hmm. And for me, the inclusion the next year of VC, 
which could be purchased via microtransactions, is the thing that just took it down that notch. Otherwise, it it, it did improve the next year. But mm. the introduction of the pay-to-win model and the way that it's ravaged the gaming industry since it is just I go with 2K11. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. What you got in store for us for number 4? Number 4 is a game that is an absolute meme. We've even been talking recently about how sick we are of it, but for the love of God, it still is my fourth favorite game of all time, and it is one of the greatest games ever made, and that's Grand Theft Auto V. Yep. It, you know, Grand Theft Auto V is one of those games that I generally replay about once a year mm-hmm. when I just want to turn off the world. Yep. And the immersiveness that they were able to get in that in that world is just ridiculous. I mean, the fact that there's an entire tennis game hidden in it, the fact that there's an entire golf game hidden in it is just absolutely unheard of. The fact that there's so much stuff that you can do after the game is already over the introduction of online, which I almost consider a completely different, well, it is a completely different game. Mm -hmm. And the fact of the matter is, man, that game and that engine is just so good that, I mean, there's a reason thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people are still buying it for full price every month. Oh, yeah. Um, now, there there are a couple little... Rockstar always seems, it, it seems like, to have one really dumb control decision in their games that just makes no sense. Uh-huh. And so for me, one thing that is making it not be a little bit higher is just the fact that you've got to, like, mash X to run. Yeah, that's that's what I would say, too. Like, And that's, like, in all of the Rockstar games. It's obnoxious. Yeah. Uh, and so I think that takes, that takes your 10 out of 10 and brings it down, honestly, to, like, 8.5 by the end of it because you're so tired of doing this and mm-hmm. then some of the side stuff is just stupid like mm-hmm. there's a there's some wasted motion there but I mean other than that I it's it's a game that I legitimately love I forget some of the jokes in it every time I play it I laugh out loud I, there, there's not too much wrong with this game and it's it's it, it deserve I think it's weird because I think it deserves its place Yep. As one of the like one of the best sold games ever, and there's not a lot of best ofs that I think truly deserve best of. Mm-hmm. So, kudos. Yeah. I mean, there is a reason that it's been released four times, right? It's not like GTA Five is like this game. Everybody's like, yeah, it's all right, and it got released five times. People are like, all right, cool. What's going on here? Do we need to release it this many times? Like, it has earned its place by a country mile. Yeah. Um, it's going to continue being released because people still just more and more people haven't played this game. Yeah. Um, definitely think it deserves a spot on your favorites list. Um, 
wish they just fixed running, man. I really do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. GTA five is number four. Yes, sir. What game with the number four is your number three? Uh, it doesn't have a number four at all. Oh. Well, Except the four legs on either side, ladies and gentlemen. My third favorite game of all time is Marvel Spider-Man from 2018. Yep. Um, this is the most perfect Spider-Man story that I have ever experienced, period. Whether it be in a movie, whether it be in a comic book, whether it be in the game, if there is one Spider-Man story that I could tell that exemplifies what Spider-Man is and who Peter Parker is, then it's Marvel's Spider-Man from 2018. It takes unexpected twists and turns while still keeping the formula that we know and love. There is very little wasted motion on the side quests. There are some. And toward the end of the game, there's one particular enemy type that's just annoying and, in my opinion, pretty unnecessary in the way that they conduct their business. That did make the end game a little bit of a slog for me. Mm. But with that being said, I still enjoyed every second of it because it's Marvel Spider-Man. And I still I have a rule for myself. I keep this installed at all times because there are some days that I just want to swing around New York. Right. And that's how good the controls are. Mm Mm-hmm. You never, you kind of never forget. You just sit down and you're like, okay, cool. It's time to go be Spider-Man. You're just like, it may take 30 seconds to get reacclimated. You're like, oh, right. It just feels natural. Mm Mm-hmm. And then, just the of way course, the controller feels is just perfect. The offshoot becomes Miles Morales. Mm-hmm. And Miles Morales is equally good of a game. Only reason it doesn't show up is because of its length. Which mm-hmm. I know it was never meant to be anything other than a side story. Almost a standalone DLC in some ways. But... It's a really, really good game as well. Um, For Spider-Man, the Taskmaster stuff just gets annoying. And there's there's some stuff in the DLC that's really annoying. But other than that, man, what a game. What a game. It's just... You just go do the stuff, and then you finish it up. And it never feels like you have to... it's a great turn in terms of progression because it never feels like you have to stop and go do something else so you can get stronger. Yeah. You progress naturally and then you can do some side quests if you want, but I can I am guarantee you that you can just play through the entire main story and like sure you have to spend your skill points a little bit wisely, but outside of that you are just rocking the entire game. And for those of you who have completed the game, no worries for those of you who hasn't. I promise I'm not really spoiling anything here, but I am going to drop something for the people who have completed the game. In the final boss of the game, there's a moment where your heart is ripped out with two very simple words, Raven. Mm-hmm. You knew? 
Mm-hmm. And in that moment, you feel the weight of the entire story that you've just played. Yep. It's just... Yeah, I remember I mean, that. In, so I, I still remember just playing through the entire like ending sequence, like the last hour, and just the entire time. Just and like, you knew that it was going to be that from the way that the game was previously. Mm-hmm. So it, it was a moment. I don't know. If, I don't know if it was this way for you, but I assume that it was. Where it was like, all right, today's the day. Like we're we're gonna experience the end of this. And then an yep. hour and a half later, you're weeping. You're sobbing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. God. What a game. And now, and now it's interesting because as we record this, the second one has been announced. Mm-hmm. Now, man, let me tell you what. Let me tell you what. Those few issues that that game had which by the way those issues they totally already fixed in Miles Mm -hmm. if they can keep that up especially with what appears to now be co-op gameplay where you can you do stuff with Miles and you do stuff with Peter Mm -hmm. if they execute that game it may be a contender for number one yeah I could see it. That's that's one of that's one of those games that I see on the horizon. That's I'm like, is it going to dethrone the king? Mm-hmm. Man, I just I can't get over how good it is because it, it's one of those perfect things, right? Where it doesn't just go like, okay, cool. You have to learn how to be Spider Man. It's just like, no, you're Peter Parker. You You've are been Spider Man for eight years. Yeah, you are Spider Man. Period. End of story. Let's and, just get you into it. And it just throws you right into the action, and it's great. And, and then you get more, a little bit of that learning it along as you go as you're playing through Miles Morales. Mm-hmm. Yeah. More, Spider-Man. more than anything, more than any other game that I've... Like, I am more likely to hang up from this call and go and play this game tonight mm-hmm. than yeah. any other game. <laughs> I'm like, Absolutely. all right, you know what? New game plus let's do it. Like, uh, huh. It's, and it's not even the best part. It's not even a long game. It's like, you know, you could probably breeze the story if you weren't really paying attention in like five, six hours, maybe. I know I a hundred percented miles Morales and eight or nine. And I think I spent that much time just kind of doing 75% in, um, the original Spider-Man. So, God, good game. Very obvious why it's on your list. Mm-hmm. That uh, that year ta- in particular was beat, extremely packed. Time to Beat has the main story at 17. Yeah, exactly. So right? Very palatable. Yeah, you could... 20 hours, you know? And especially because you can get this game as cheap as $20. A dollar per hour for this game for a game that you will replay multiple times, probably. Oh, my God. Extremely worth it. Yeah. Definitely Completionist has it out. at 33 hours, so. Okay. For it to 100% it. So, like, yeah. dude, let's do it. Yeah, um, absolutely. <laughs> One of the best games that came out on the PS4, and it's not even close. But, yeah. Casey, we still have two games left. We do still have two five games list. left. What is your runner-up to the big dog? What is your first place loser? My your number two My pick? miscongeniality <laughs> is... 
good God, Assassin's Creed Revelations. Yep. Now, Assassin's Creed is my favorite series of all time, and it's not even close. Mm-hmm. Um, which is... That sounds, in 2021, having your favorite series of all time be Assassin's Creed sounds very simpy. Yeah. Because it's now this juggernaut. It's one of the biggest series in gaming, period. It's Mm -hmm. Doing that is sort of like in 2011 or 2012, if you had said, my favorite game series is Call of Duty, and it's like, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you just yeah. I've experienced the entirety of the Assassin's Creed series as it's come out year by year. And I've played these games. I've waited for a year, sometimes 2 years for the next chapter in the story. And I'm shocked by how few missteps this series has taken over the years. It has. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, one one of those missteps is entitled Assassin's Creed Three. But I was going to see if you were going to lead up to it, and if you were going to say it at all, because if you didn't, I would have. Um, yeah, no. I, Assassin's Creed Three was the epitome of mistake. Um, but and even that is a pretty darn good game. Yeah, it's ju- it's it just sucks fine. compared to the rest of them. <laughs> right. A six out of ten, a six and a half out of ten is still playable. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Especially if you care about what's happening outside of the Animus. But Assassin's yeah. Creed Revelations, all of the Ballyhoo, Raven, the Ballyhoo going into this game was... Mm-hmm. And it's called Revelations. And so it's one of those... Dude, do you remember when Deathly Hallows was coming out and the rumors <laughs> began to swirl that Harry was yep. going to die? Oh, yeah. The rumors were swirling of, like, what is happening to Ezio? Because one way or another, they were like, yeah, Ezio's story ends here. And Ezio, I think, and this is my opinion, is the greatest video game character told over multiple games. He, he he goes from a petulant child to a petulant child looking for revenge and over the course of the next few games ends up the legitimate wisest person in the world probably and it's not one of those where it's like Ezio is older and wiser now you get to watch every mistake that he makes. And again, my right my, my issue with Assassin's Creed 3 is that Connor makes these mistakes and his mentor is like, I told you this was gonna happen. And Connor is like, Well, what do you know, old man? And then he goes out and he makes the mistake again. Ezio learns from everything that he does. Now mm-hmm. <clears throat> you also go back to the first game which has Altair in it. Yep. And Altair was a character that was very special because it's where it started. And Altair needed some context. So this is about Ezio 
essentially trying to learn the secrets of Altair and find Altair's Apple of Eden. Mm-hmm. And in doing this, he goes all the way to, to Constantinople, which is gorgeous. And he's met by a gentleman uh, by the name of Yusuf. And Yusuf is one of the most entertaining side characters anywhere in the series. Mm-hmm. Perhaps only eclipsed by Prince Suleiman. Also of this game. Yeah. And Ezio finds these keys. And over the course of this game, these keys, which are really sort of like they're sort of like little memory banks and you get to see what happens in Altair's life after he quote unquote leaves the assassins and you get closer and closer and as Altair gets closer to the end of his story Ezio gets closer and closer to the library. And you, meanwhile, you've got Desmond, who is trying to wake up from this coma. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the game, all three of their stories converge mm-hmm. in a moment that legitimately chokes me up every time. Even if I'm just watching it out of context on YouTube, it gets me. Mm-hmm. And it was the most satisfied I've ever felt at the conclusion of a video game, period. I still get chills thinking about it. Yeah, even just the thought of it is like, oh my god. Yeah. However, even at, now. <laughs> at the same time, after this portion of the story is over... In real life, in the modern day, it ends with, all right, we've got work to do. And so you are so at peace with the end of this. And then it's like, okay, we've got to keep going. Mm -hmm. The plot was one thing, but the gameplay was the, the best execution of gameplay in the old style of Assassin's Creed. Mm. I would argue that gameplay-wise, it's probably only eclipsed by Origins. This, it was the perfect example of the collectibles and the economy system and simply put, this was the epitome of just one of those really good Assassin's Creed games, the kind that people miss. Mm-hmm. Now, Assassin's Creed 2 was better. Yeah. But Assassin's Creed 2 at no point had the moment 
that sticks with me to this day. And I will never forget the exact moment I ended Revelations. So on plot alone, this is my favorite Assassin's Creed game of all time. Because the plot is the best one, and it's still excellent everywhere else. Yep. Oh, man. I want to go play through it again. But don't have the time. God, this game is so good. I mean, everything that you said and more, right? The hook blade, phenomenal addition. Um, it is a hook and a blade. The All of the characters, seeing Ezio, having played with him the whole time. You already talked about this, but I want to emphasize it again. Seeing him go from this little shithead kid to somebody who is leading a guild of assassins. An right? army. Leading. Hmm? Leading an army for all intents and purposes. Yeah. He's leading a giant group of people, an army, with, like, no hesitation. He's like, all right, this, this, this need done. You know? Being able to just go, like, oh, cool, I got to go to this cave, and then you got to go blow up a cave or whatever, right? You're just like, yeah, whatever. It's like a day in the life. Mm-hmm. Um, really and, do make it impactful. I agree. And at the but, same time, mm-hmm. we have watched Desmond go through that journey through the eyes of Ezio. Right, because yeah. Desmond started out as a petulant little kid, and yeah. at the end of Desmond's journey, he makes the ultimate sacrifice. Yeah, and uh, no, he doesn't no, do no, that without Ezio. Yeah, notably in Revelation, something that wasn't like super clearly said by you. You are also have you also have the ability to play through Desmond's backstory, and you discover mm, yeah, like, yeah. oh yeah, he wasn't just some kid who just so happened to have assassin DNA. Like he was trained as a kid to be an assassin, and he just kind of forgot it for plot reasons. Mm. Um, and so you learn like through like with him every time you leave an act in as Ezio, you go back out to the main animus island and then you're like oh cool now i get to go through a little bit more as etsy and figure out kind of where he's going yeah through what is probably the worst gameplay in most of the series with those little mm. um who's he what's it it's just that little uh block world was just like it was fine mostly yeah but, yeah phenomenal games phenomenal phenomenal games still get chills every time i think about the ending mm. um still just love messing around in that open world yeah so but Casey. The hook blade. That isn't your number one game. Correct. I feel like I know what you're You feel like you have a solid idea considering I've said that's my favorite game many times over the course of this making fun journey. I am going off clearly my intuition. Uh, You've never dropped a hint once. Said, Said it explicitly multiple times. Um... I am the greatest sleuth this side of the Mississippi. Oh, um, but I will go ahead and confirm whether you are correct or not um, <laughs> after you tell us what your number one ga- favorite game of all time is. Incorrect. Your, your favorite game is actually <laughs> Super Monkey Ball 2. Um, it's Super Monkey Ball Mania! <laughs> Super Monkey Ball Banana Mania played it a little bit before the uh, show today. Yeah, it looks fun. It's fun. I mean, if you like Super Monkey Ball, it's that. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I do like me some Super and Monkey that's Ball. That's why it's my number. No, <laughs> um, my favorite game of all time, and it's not even close, is Horizon Zero Dawn. 
Yep. Um, this is... I've described many other games as near perfect mm-hmm. today. To me, this is the only game that I will ever say that has come out so far that is perfect. Mm. This game in my eyes has no flaws. There are even things like the hunting challenges and whatnot in the game that like aren't for me. But I recognize that they are an excellent and valuable part of the game. It's mm-hmm. just not... It, I, ju- I just don't do the time trial stuff usually. So usually I... I've been starting with plot. I'm going to start with gameplay. Mm-hmm. The gameplay is excellent. It is as deep as you want it to be. By that, I say this. If you go on like... Th- there's a difficulty that is literally entitled story. If you are on the story difficulty, then gameplay and combat are super simple and you're more so living it as a movie. It still gets a little challenging at times, but for the most part, it's LOL murder. Mm -hmm. And that's what I chose to play it on because I'm not, I don't like being challenged. (laughs) I, I play games to get away from that. I'm challenged enough when I put the controller down. But if you want to take it to like expert or expert plus every single one of the enemies in the game has this massive amount of depth to them and you've got to figure out how to take them down and taking down one Thunderjaw, for instance, could take you like 10 minutes on the higher difficulties because you've got to hit this part of their armor to knock it off. Mm-hmm. I've never seen two games who do both so well and both of them feel satisfying. Never in my life. No. The world. So <laughs> I'm, God, I'm sorry. sorry. I'm sorry, Raven. Would you like to jump in? Because you're more than welcome to. Yeah. No, I'm just thinking about it, right? Because I'm the opposite of you. You know, I like it whenever games challenge me. I like the sense of achievement whenever I beat something that's a little bit difficult and it doesn't make me bash my head against the wall, usually. Um, I remember the first time that I saw a Thunderjaw and I spent like 20 minutes staking it out, doing some stuff, like trying to get some stuff right. You, you see a Thunderjaw within the first couple of hours, like on the way to a town or whatever, just minding its own business. And, like, I'm setting up these traps or whatever, and then I get into combat with it, and I instantly die. And I'm just like, oh, I'm not supposed to do this We're going to wait on that one. Yeah, <laughs> and you have the freedom to. You, I just, like, left him alone. I just, like, reloaded my save, just went around him. Emily and I are laughing the whole time as we're just avoiding him. And then, yeah. Um, yeah, that was just such a fun time. All right. Yeah. Sorry. You may, you may proceed with um, uh, the rest of what you're talking about with gameplay. Gracias. Um, the world 
is more expertly designed than any other world I've ever been in in a game. The world, I think the beauty of it is, by the nature of the story, which we're going to get to, you don't know exactly where you are. And then, as you discover more collectibles and side quests and whatnot in the world, you say to yourself, oh, we're in this part of the U.S. Mm-hmm. That makes so much more sense now. We're here. Yep. And from the right side of the map to the left side of the map is a completely separate world. You go from exclusively snow to a Grand Canyon-like area. And... They never explicitly tell you, like, this used to be Nebraska, or whatever. Yeah. But you you do collectibles, because there are certain types of collectibles that I, I will rave about in a second. And you learn more and more about the world as you go, and because of the story you want to, but we'll get to that. I remember being dropped into it and just being like, oh, this is just a world, right? I was like, oh, this isn't Earth. But, like, as the game goes on, you're like, oh, no, this is just, oh, we're in the States. Oh, we're in. Yeah. yeah. It's very fun. Very, very fun to build. Um, especially because in this game, humans are in sort of a tribal state. So it's not like, oh, man, we're the... We're the best gang in Hoboken, New Jersey. Like, it's not Hoboken, by the way. <laughs> it's not where you're at. Um, the collectibles in this game are ridiculous because every collectible also serves as a clue for what in the world happened. Mm-hmm. And that's a question that's at the central theme of this. What in the world happened? I'll get to that in a second. But, obviously you are in a... The way that they termed it was a post-post-apocalypse. Right? Mm -hmm. Where it's post-post-apocalyptic. So, it's not post-apocalyptic. It's not during... And this is not a zombie story. But it's it's not during the... uh, it's not during what would be like the zombie portion. Right. During this like is... the fallout era, right? Where right. fallout is like the couple hundred years after the bombs fell. Yeah. This is long, 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 long after, like a thousand years after or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and For instance, one of the collectibles is a hologram. Yep. And the holograms show you an alternate view, almost like a picture of what you're looking at, except a thousand years ago, what it used to look like. So, for instance, there's one that is a football stadium. 
and you're standing on this cliff overlooking it and you turn on the hologram and it's like this is what it used to look like I, I don't know if you did this Raven I assume you did because we're the same person but <laughs> I would sit there sometimes for like 10 minutes and just turn on the hologram and turn it back off mm. and be like this is what it looked like this is what it looks like Mm-hmm. This is so cool. Like, just as I'm sitting there turning it off and back on again. Yep. Because it told the story of this world. And keep in mind, you're traversing essentially across the country to discover what happened to this world. That's the whole point of the story is to discover what happened to this world and potentially how to fix it. Mm-hmm. And these collectibles when you see this it's like man what did happen to this world I gotta know the traversal in this game is very very good there in my mind were only a couple of improvements that they could have made to the traversal and guess what we're getting those in February Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean really yeah the water traversal looks so good so there's that Mm. but paramount to all that I just said because the gameplay in my opinion is perfect the collectibles are perfect the world is perfect I'm a story guy the story Mm -hmm. of this game is without even a question Perfection. Yep. I can't describe it and won't describe it any other way. Your story follows Aloy. Aloy is an outcast of the tribal-like state that humanity is in. And the story essentially is that what we are living right now was a thousand years ago. It's set somewhere in the 31st century, I believe. Yep. And we are known as the old ones. We were the, we're the metal world. We were the metal people, the, the people mm-hmm. that lived of metal as we do. <clears throat> and I don't know what you're talking about. I'm only sitting next to my metal microphone with my metal computer case and my metal water bottle. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. With metal in it. Um there are fantastic, ridiculous machines that essentially are living beings. And for the most part, they coexist with humans. Now, they coexist with humans in the same way that in our world, lions coexist with humans. Right. We both give each other enough space to just do our own thing, and then that's it. We don't talk. Now, there are some that are completely passive. Yeah. But then many others will attack you on sight. Yep. However... 
some of these animals are becoming, or these machines are becoming somewhat deranged. Mm. And bigger and deadlier machines are happening. And some of them seem to be animals, but some of them just seem to be war machines. Aloy was cast out because she does not have a mother. Weirdly. And her, and all that she wants is to find her mother. Mm-hmm. So she enters this competition called The Proving to be welcomed back into the tribe. Shenanigans happen. And along the way, the, they appoint her a seeker. They allow her to leave the civilization in order to find what she's looking for. And then there's a moment, and I, I'm, I'm not getting too far into the plot because I know a lot of people are going to be playing this because the the uh, sequel is coming out, which you absolutely should, so I don't want to ruin it for you. But mm-hmm. there's a moment after the proving where one thing happens, and I said to myself, I've got to know what happened in this world because I understand what's happening there and I understand the story that they're trying to tell me, but I need to know how we got here. Mm-hmm. And as each layer of this story unfolds, it it's two things, Raven. And every single thing that unfolds is more so these two things. Utterly fascinating and entertaining. And frighteningly plausible and Mm -hmm. at the end of this game you're like wow this was an amazing game whatever but like this could happen this could happen this could happen (laughs) Mm -hmm. all of the acting in it is tremendous Ashley Birch is an absolute voice acting goddess in this. The the thing that I love about it too is you get a lot of uh, choices on what mm-hmm. to say, but all of them still sound like Aloy, and that's not always the case. One of our uh, main issues that we had with um, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, for instance, was that like if you were playing as uh, Cassandra the you had multiple choices you could choose and they mm-hmm. sounded like completely different people mm-hmm. all of these sound like Aloy is happy about this Aloy is angry about this Aloy is trying to and none of them really impact anything really mm-hmm. but have no go no, I was to say I have I have I talked before. I think I've talked before on the show about how I met the uh, lead sound engineer on Horizon for. I, be- I believe Horizon you have Zero mentioned Dawn. it, yeah, at least to me. Um, I at least I think I mentioned it on the show, and if I haven't, I did. I went to a game sound convention and I met him, and we had a conversation, and I watched him do a presentation. Uh, and in that presentation, he mentioned how they kind of do their work. Mm-hmm. Um. The way that he records, he was specifically the game audio recording like manager or something. I can't remember his exact title. And if you're out there listening to this, first of all, hey, 
um second of all sorry um it's been like four years <laughs> since we've talked so i've forgotten some of the exact details but he was basically like the head honcho behind all of the audio in horizon zero dawn mm. and more specifically was one of the main forces behind the recording he did not for any game that he's ever worked on does not give his actors scripts period he doesn't give them to them ahead of time rather i should say all of the acting that happens the actors learn the lines that they're reading as they happen so you know we're gonna kind of a spoiler warning right a uh, slight slight spoiler warning towards the beginning of the game aloy's father figure uh passes away like yeah. very early on that scream that she has is completely natural mm. the the voice actress had you know basically what's happening is that she's given the what she walks into the studio she's given the script every character every single actor in this game is this is done to they're given the script it's in front of them it has their lines like one one or two on a page at a time so they can't read ahead and then they're told to basically they watch what happens and then they're told to like flip the page basically mm -hmm. and then they can read the next line that happens so they're watching the game kind of play out and they're watching things happen around them and then they act based off of that it's not just like they're they're fed lines and they're told the mood they see the mood happening in front of them mm. and it's super fast it was a super fascinating thing to hear and kind of how he uh, went into how he recorded stuff but yeah so that's why it feels real and everything feels right is because the writing was written extremely well, but also the sound design behind it was that he, the, the main guy just like doesn't give scripts ahead of time. He wants your raw emotion in the booth and it works out really, really well in all of the games that he does. Uh, it's also worth noting that there is a documentary that was produced around the time of the game's release that I cannot recommend enough. It's by a, um, uh, by a um, a channel on YouTube called No Clip Video Game Documentaries, which, mm. by the way, I cannot recommend all of their work enough. Um, mm -hmm. They do these feature-length documentaries about game design and about specific games, mm -hmm. and they did an hour and seven-minute-long uh, making of Horizon Zero Dawn and uh, the, the gentleman that does this is a gentleman by the name of Danny O'Dwyer he used to be at uh, Games, uh, GameSpot um, mm -hmm. and he goes into it with them and there's so much crazy stuff is that these are the Killzone guys at heart these guys mm -hmm. did Killzone and they wanted to do something different. But this game did start off as a shooter. <laughs> yeah. And their decision to, to move that, their decision not to do that. And there's all kinds of like concept footage and it's it's absolutely tremendous and I recommend it. But the thing that I recommend the absolute most is playing the game mm -hmm. because the, the game is, I promise as you get into it and as you get 
farther and farther. It's it surprises you at every turn and it only gets more and more satisfying. Mm-hmm. And in my estimation, it's perfect. Yeah. And that's why it's your number one. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to until December ish. Yeah. Um, and then I'm going to play this game again because hopefully by that point, finances will be figured out. I'll be moving into a house, you know, mm. or I won't be moving into a house. I don't have to worry about saving money and I can <laughs> afford to pick up a copy of uh, Forbidden West. Cause I, I, as much as I loved it, like, right. I talked about how much I enjoyed that game. It just didn't make it on my top five. It's still a phenomenal game in every right. And I, I love playing it every year or every time I've played it, I've really enjoyed it and I haven't played it enough. I should say. Yeah. All right, Casey. You want to go through your top five one more time again? Just My, to my top home? five in order. Honorable mention number six is Minecraft. Mm-hmm. Number five is NBA 2K11, the best sports game that's ever been made. It, number four is Grand Theft Auto V, the game that I have beaten the most times. Number three is Spider-Man, the greatest superhero game that's ever been made and my favorite Spider-Man story ever told. Number two is Assassin's Creed Revelations, a game that impacted me the most based purely on its story and wrapping up a saga. It's the best for me, Assassin's Creed game. And number one is Horizon Zero Dawn, which is the best story that has ever been put in a game. Mm-hmm. And it's my favorite game. What a good list, dude. How you feeling? I'm feeling good. I, it was good. To, I've had this list, and my, my five has stayed consistent through mm-hmm. through most of this. I've had, you know, I've debated with myself different stuff, but... Those those are rock solid to me, and mm-hmm. it felt good to finally get it off my chest. Yeah, I bet. <sighs> I love talking about favorite games all the time because it makes me want to go back and play like my favorite games or the games that you mentioned, yeah. right? I want to go back and play through, you know, GTA 5 is a game I've wanted to play, like, on and off. And maybe I'll do that now. Maybe I have the motivation. Or, like, I've been wanting to play through Horizon Zero Dawn for a while, and I'm just waiting for that right time. Um, And it just really shows just... Even though we had some overlap in, like, between honorable mentions, my honorable mentions with some of your top lists, like, we have very differing game tastes. And everybody kind of has those different game tastes, right? Not every... And not any one person has the exact same tastes to a T as another person does. And if you do, I beg of you, don't always trust reviews that you read online from the one person that you think you agree with. You will probably like something that that person does it, and that's totally okay. That's the fun of games. There are billions of games that you can go out and try and play. So, oh man. All right, Casey, where can the people find us? No, you say that. Huh? Oh man. Um <laughs> Do you want me to do it? Yeah. Do you wanna Okay. Alright. You say the thing. Oh, Raven, where can they find us? 
They can find us on Twitter and Facebook at Making Fun Pod. They can find you, Casey Johnson, nervous man, uh, person who doesn't like roles reversed, uh, on Twitter and Instagram at Casey on Camera. And they can find me, Raven, maniacal genius, uh, at Ravy Baby TV. Uh, we upload podcasts weekly ish, every Friday ish, depending on what we feel like and what schedules look like. Yeah, or wh- uh, whether or not I accidentally without even a second thought bought a movie ticket for our normal <laughs> recording time <laughs> and hey that stuff happens right i mean we're we're only human um we are here we appreciate you guys listening to us uh thank you so much uh if you made it this far in the episode and you want to interact with us please do so we have a face on the facebook page on the twitter um tell us what your number one favorite game of all time is and why we would love to hear yes, from you yes, yes. um casey any last thoughts any last parting thoughts for the people before we sign out today uh it- if I've know a lot of people who I've told to play Horizon Zero Dawn don't make it past the proving because it doesn't connect with them. This is one of the few games that I will insist make it out into the open world if you have never given it a fair shot and mm-hmm. play the DLC before the end. Oh yeah, there's DLC. I saw them play the DLC. Yeah, play the play the DLC before the end because the it ends in such a, a such a wild way that you mm-hmm. won't won't want to be like, oh, let's go again. Like, just yeah. play the DLC as soon as you can. All right, all right. Thank you all for listening so much. Uh, we love that you guys listen to us and let us do this. Uh, and until next week, go play your favorite game. Go play your favorite.